Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 566 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. Coming up on the show, Anil from Nelly's Deli lets us know what they're up to, creating new ideas whilst they currently can't open down at the marketplace in Wolverhampton. But as soon as they're back, there'll be some fantastic vegan food on offer to purchase down there. We'll have Natter with the team from Scaretrack as Mikey and Hannah join us to tell us about their online antics. We'll be hearing from Mrs. Harris. She is the principal at Paul Hayes Academy. Not only are they teaching their kids whilst they're currently away from school, but also raising funds for charity too, so finding out about that one. We'll be having a natter with Missy from Myth of Unity. They've got a brand new single on the way, so we'll be hearing from them. Tom Zander, who's currently appearing in the West End, well, as soon as it reopens, uh, we'll be talking a bit about his career and how he got to where he is now. We'll be having a natter with Adam C. Booth. Of course, you will know him as a very funny comedian. We'll be having a natter with him about what's going on in his world. Plus, we'll be joined by Stu Goldcrusher to talk about his fundraising efforts and what his plans are for the rest of the year. James Clark from WV11 lets us know about some of the community groups working in and across the city. And we'll have a chat with Joe James Thomas. Plus, he'll be forming a tune. As well as that, Liam O'Connell lets us know about his latest single release. That's all on the way on this week's show. Myth of Unity have got some fantastic new music out there to tell me all. I'm joined now by Missy B. Hello. Hello, Jason. You okay? I'm good. And uh, how are you uh, getting on with you and uh, being a little socially distanced from your bandmates at the moment? Yeah, it's quite hard, actually. Um, I didn't realise how much time we actually spent together until this. (laughs) It's actually quite annoying as well because we all live, like, within streets away from each other. Mm -hmm. But we still can't see each other, so... Well, there's the Zoom and Skype and all that sort of thing to keep in touch, and uh, it hasn't stopped you uh, being able to bring new music out, because I know you've been working for some time on the current project. For those who don't know the history, give us the background to uh, the whole band. So, I mean, we got together on April Fool's Day, six years ago, Mm -hmm. and we've been working really hard. I mean, we started out doing uh, lots and lots of gigs, you know, Christmas light switch on. (laughs) Um, done some releases, but then we decided about a year ago to just take a, a bit of a stand back from the gigs a little bit. Yeah. And we've been writing, just constantly writing, and we're at about 45 songs now. So we've got a great catalogue, um, and we just want to release them now. Well, this is it. They're sitting there poised, ready to go. And um, it, the, the, the way the, the music's come together, you've sort of grown with each other and with the songs, haven't you? Yeah, I think it's just a natural uh, progression, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it it's just um, that we've gone through so many genres. <laughs> um, yeah, we, I don't know how much you've heard, but we've been down the drum and bass route, we've been down the garage route, we've been down, we've done dubstep, and it's all been like a learning curve. And then now we're kind of at this place where we all feel really natural, and it just feels good what we're writing. It feels right. Well, shout out to the rest of the band then. Give us uh, give us names and uh, and who does which bit. So we've got Trix. He's the rapper. He's currently quarantining himself right now. And we've got DJ Kelly. He's uh, currently in the studio right now. Still, he's just been he's isolated himself in our studio. 
mm-hmm. and you've just been writing song after song after song. It's a, it's amazing how much you can get done when you're actually forced to stay inside. Absolutely, yeah. No more trips to Tesco's. You've got to get everything focused and, and get on with it. Yeah. With the work that you've been doing, I know you've been getting recognition. I mean, the Christmas light switch on thing sounds like incredible fun, whatever happens. And I know you wouldn't normally give that up for the world either. But uh, um, you've been doing quite a lot of um, personal appearances right up until uh, things went on to lockdown. So... Uh, have you still got that sort of interaction with your audience through social media at the minute? Oh, definitely, yeah. Everybody's still really supportive and it, it's kind of strange the way we've still got fans from back when we were doing all the all this weird music when we thought it sounded good, but it didn't. And those fans, <laughs> I don't know why we thought it was good, but for some reason people liked it or they liked us. And, and those fans have stuck with us and they've seen how our songwriting's progressed and how we've progressed and I just think that's really nice. And with the, uh, the, the songwriting, the way you're collaborating together on this, um, it, obviously you say you've, got, you've got the studio being filled with new music at the moment. When do you get to have your input into that and how does it work in the developmental stages of these songs? Basically, look, well, luckily a year ago we decided to set up like little studios in our bedroom, mm-hmm. me and Tricks, so that we could do all our vocals at home, send them to Carl, and then Carl can... We was doing it all in the studio, but it seems a bit of a waste of time. Well, you can get such good quality sound at home, can't you, these days? Well, yeah, and, we, and we've put money into it. You know, we've saved up, and we've put money into quality mics and, you know, the right stuff that we need. So, luckily we did that, because if we didn't, we'd be stuck now, we wouldn't be able to go to the studio and mm-hmm. we'd get in trouble, wouldn't we, for going, <laughs> breaching the, the guidelines. With the single then, so uh, you know where to go, tell us all about that. So it was basically just a bit of um, an empowering like breakup song. It's, from my perspective, I wrote it about, you know, not letting someone dictate what you do, who you are. Mm-hmm. And basically in the song I'm saying, well, do you know what? I'm calling the shots now, so if you don't like it, you can go. Or you don't like it, you know where to go. Bye. <laughs> it's like that type of thing, you know what I mean? And uh, written out of some particularly personal experiences or just uh, a, a general overall? There's no one we, we ought to avoid naming here, is there? Oh, I did write, yeah, I did write it about an actual uh, re- relationship that I had a, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's why it was so easy to write because I just thought of that person's face and just wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when you are able to get back out there and start performing in public again, uh, what what plans do you have? I mean, do you enjoy a good stage set? Do you like to you know really interact and, and, and put this thing big on stage? We really, 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 really love um, being on stage and interacting with the crowd, but I think we've had to take this time out to to write all these songs because it was just so hectic doing gig after gig. Uh-huh. Um, there was just no time in between to write songs, so definitely when we finish the album, um, hopefully we'll go on tour and be able to reach people in other countries as well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you've got 45 songs. I mean, that's going to be one absolutely massive album if you let those out into the wild all in one go. Well, I don't think we're going to do it in one go because <laughs> I think people will be very, very... <laughs> they'll be like, no, that's enough, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think, I mean, there's songs in there as well that probably we, we don't want to release right now. It's not the right time. It, you know, the way the charts the charts move and the mm-hmm. way the music 
evolved. We've got some songs that we really think are relevant right now, so we're, we're going to go with those ones. But the ones in the catalogue, they, they will be released at some point, but I think for the album it'll probably be about 12 songs. You're going to go for it and, uh, and, and choose those songs which mean the most to you now. And, and, and that's the thing, uh, in every music genre, actually, it is music that speaks to people and, and, and you're doing that as well. You're used to working closely with your fan base and uh, that just brings you new fans each time people hear your tracks. Yeah, definitely. It really does. So where can people go to, to find out what's going on, pick you up on the socials as well as actually buy the music? Yeah, so there's no pre-order on this. We've decided no messing about. Just get it straight out. Everyone's in lockdown. We might as well just put some music out. So you can get it from any uh, platform. All you have to do is type in Myth of Unity. It'll just pop up straight away. Um, and also the video will be premiering on um, Facebook on the 1st of May at 7 o'clock. So make sure you are on the Myth of Unity Facebook page then. And of course you can follow them on Twitter as well. Get all the latest goings on. Have you got an Insta page? Yep, it's just at Myth of Unity. You just type it in and everything comes up. Away you go. Well, do enjoy the releases. We're going to enjoy listening to your work. And, uh, you know, let's look forward to great, great things as we head through the, the next 12 to 18 months. Oh, I hope so. I hope everything's great for everyone as well. You know, it's strange times, isn't it? Mm -hmm, it is. But... I hope that, that everything can kind of bring somebody some sort of new perspective on life. You know what I mean? And in the case of this song, you can show them how they should break up with someone they've got fed up of spending time with in isolation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't suggest breaking up with someone in isolation. <laughs> no, that that'd be, be good. Probably, that'd be pretty hard to do. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so maybe listen to the lyrics and, and use it for strength later in your life. Meanwhile, though, Missy, thank you for joining us. Keep up the great work, and we're looking forward to so much more from Myth of Unity. Oh, thanks, Jason. Now the team at Scaretrack may not be able to go out and frighten people in real life, but they've been doing some interesting stuff on video. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Mike and Hannah. Hello to you both. Hello. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having us on. Well, always good to talk to you. And uh, what has been going on in the uh, the Scaretrack world? Because with a little bit of a hiatus earlier on in the year, your you know your fans are keen to have you back up and doing as much as possible. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit of a weird one because we, we had a, a sort of a month off or so just to recharge those batteries. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we, we went through a lot of stuff in, in real life as such. So it was time to get back to scaring. And the day uh, we released sort of like our comeback sort of uh, content was kind of the day, was, you know, it was the week where the whole world started to shut down. Mm. So, <laughs> my timing couldn't have been worse. Um, but, you know, we're quite lucky that we're mainly a podcast platform. Yeah. Um, so we can, uh, similar to yourself, we can do lots of interviews with people, which is great. Um, video side of things, it's just got a little bit more, um, more fun, more cheerful, really. Mm -hmm. What can you do from home? Well, what can you do from home? Like, yeah. Out of each other and sharing it with the world, um, and you know, doing some quarantine Olympics. We recreated a scene from Saw the other day just for fun. <laughs> yeah, that that is still yeah. unfortunately with me. However, um, this, that was that was shocking. But I mean, it, it is about having a bit of a giggle. And I mean, you guys, uh, as I say, are used to some of the, the major scare attractions. So I mean, I assume you're missing some of the fun that you would normally get up to when you're actually out and about. We are, yeah. I mean, lots of people ask, well, first of all, people ask, what is a scare attraction? I kind of explain, like, when Orton Towers uh, 
has their scary people jumping out at you at Halloween. And that's sort of how I explain it to people. And that's when people start going, oh, I know what one is now. Um, and people might think, oh, well, is that, that only at Halloween? Is it only in October? And don't get me wrong, October is our favourite month of the year <laughs> uh, because there's so many. But we do have plenty of all-year-round attractions. Um, we were lucky enough to get to Passage del Terra in Blackpool on its opening weekend. But after that, after they had two opening weekends, they, they've closed. All the dungeon attractions, as uh, you know, the London, uh, Warwick, Edinburgh, um, the Blackpool Tower Dungeon, all those are closed. Um, and we go to lots of sort of out-of-season zombie events as well. We were supposed to be going to a Scare Kingdom event up in Blackburn uh, for Walpurgis Night, which is halfway to Halloween. And yeah, unfortunately, all of those have had to go go on hold for now but it doesn't mean they won't be back and it does mean that during this time uh, you guys will be thinking of some interesting ideas on stuff that you want to do but equally there'll be a load of people working on some great new content and being ready to put it out there as soon as possible and uh, I mean there, there must be some uh, really quite frightening stuff now it's controlled frightening but even so it can still shock can't it oh terrifying I mean uh, Hannah is the biggest screamer I know you're always screaming <laughs> But there's certain things I won't do, certain things that are too scary, whereas to your average Joe, I do really scary things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's lots of different levels of scare. Um, there's some that you could take kids around. There's some that you'd say are more for a teenager market. And then you'll say there's some uh, that... Well, we were supposed to be at one um, a week ago today. Yeah, we? we were supposed um, to go to an overnight. It's called Screen Camp. It's the UK's only overnight, 10-hour long... I'm not sure whether it being cancelled was a good thing for me. For you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was, it's an overnight, and that's quite an intense experience where you're camping overnight with mm -hmm. uh, some very scary people. So, yeah, all, all those people, that they're, they're going on hold. They're finding different ways to fund their businesses right now. Yeah. So, hopefully in Halloween, come back with a bang. Absolutely, and it's a chance to, for everyone to uh, yeah, earn some money doing what people absolutely love and adore. And it, I mean, it is very theatrical as well, isn't it? And uh, yeah, the, with the whole uh, yeah, fake blood thing and some of the, the images I've seen and, and people who you, uh, I know, are, are friends with when you share stuff on Instagram, there is some really fun, but fun gore uh, rather than yeah, the, the nasty real world stuff. And, and it is, quite nice just to, to, to enjoy maybe a little bit of the, the horror movie which we know is made up in real life without obviously some of the horrors that we see in the press. Yeah, absolutely. It's all a part of the, uh, my key word is escapism. Uh, you know, people go to theme parks or they go to the cinema or they go bowling or they skydive. It all depends on what kind of uh, escapism you want and how high you want to go up on that uh, immersive scale or on the escapism or, or on the um, people who are thrill seekers you know um, and you can if you wanted to go to a theme park you could spend all day on the teacups or you could spend all day riding roller coasters and we find that that's sort of the best analogy to show what we do we will go on these scary experiences but some are quite light-hearted scary and I'll be honest, the biggest thing that comes out of these scare attractions when people actually run for the door, it's not screams or cries, it's laughter. Um, <laughs> it's, the, it's the comedy side of things. I laugh at Hannah when she gets scared, vice versa. So uh, like you say, yeah, rather than seeing all the horrors on TV, which we all need to see, we all need to be updated on, but we do like to sometimes 
you need to switch off. And even though you many of us might be in the same four walls, we're quite lucky we have the technology like we do to be able to do other things to basically give us those those frights or those horrors. We've got lots of escape rooms currently doing online experiences now, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. Um, room Escape South End, we started that up. There's something new called the Pandora Network from our friends at Faces Ventures. They, they were supposed to be doing uh, immersive theatre throughout this whole month and they can't, so they've created an, a whole online network. So it's all about finding other ways to get the, the scare that, like you say, isn't quite real life stuff is it yeah mm -hmm. but i mean i mean hannah when it comes down to some of the stuff that uh, that you've seen and that you do uh, when you're, you're part of the team i mean it it is about you know, having a, a laugh being interacting and stuff and it, it, what's the most frightening thing that you've seen uh, in both uh, at one of these events and in the recent online stuff well for me like everyone's fears are different the way i look at scare attractions is i look at it as a piece of theater so it's a piece of entertainment so going through it tells a story. So there's never any part of it where I'm like, this is too much. But mm -hmm. there's certain aspects that I'm terrified of, like chainsaws, <laughs> that is where where it's it's funny, scary, but you are in that blind panic where you are running for the door. Um, and I think that that sort of translates into the scariness of the world right now is I myself am in a blind panic, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but keeping as calm as possible. Mm, absolutely. And uh, you, you've been a uh, camera operator to some of Mikey's weird videos he's been doing recently. How have you coped with that? <laughs> It's really broken up the days. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say broke up our marriage. <laughs> it's really, it's it's kind of like we we were just sitting around watching telly, binge watching Netflix, that kind of thing, and then we got invited to do these um, quarantine Olympics, is what we've called them. Mm -hmm. And it's really like we've spent times thinking, oh God, what are we going to do? And then times where we've just gone away and done things separately. Um, Mikey did one the other day where he um, pretended to be me. And um, I, I had no idea what he was doing, but he walked past me with all my alcohol. Um, so I should have guessed straight away that he was doing me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, there's a community out there that is, is sharing this stuff. You're sharing it with them. You've got uh, you know, personal clothes groups as well. And it, it is about a, a bit of entertainment. And uh, you guys, I know, enjoy talking about that on the, uh, the podcast. So how do people find that and, and what, what can they expect? Uh, so you can find absolutely everything ScareTrack related uh, on our website at www.scaretrack.co.uk. That's sort of the hub for everything. Um, obviously, our videos that we do when we're out and about, um, our podcast, lots of interview episodes, discussion episodes, and we've got all our on-location stuff as well. So if people are thinking, well, I'm looking forward to finally getting out of the house in you know, maybe late summer or Halloween, uh, you can listen back to a few older episodes of when we've been to the likes of Orton Towers, Thought Park and uh, Extreme Screen, those sort of places. Um, but social media is where we're on there daily, really. We're on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter and Facebook. Just search for Scare Track. And we quite like interacting. We're quite, um, we try and be as professional as we can, but then we realise that we, we're not all the time. Uh, and I think people <laughs> like that. They like that there's a, there's a personal aspect on there. We like chatting to people who are, like-minded they like the scary stuff but they like theme parks they like immersive theater and it 
Well, I think we've created quite a nice community over the years. I like to think so. Over on Facebook, it's all quite nice, it's all quite cheerful. So the more the merrier, join us on our social media and uh, have a bit of fun during lockdown. Mm -hmm. And uh, just be prepared for strange videos of Mikey doing odd stuff. I think that's the bit you need to be most worried about. Yeah. <laughs> or dressing up like my wife. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to look for that one. Uh, however, um, <laughs> have a great time with it. Give yourselves web details again. Uh, so again, yeah, www.scaretrack.co.uk. That takes us straight to our website and all our links to see absolutely everything is all on there. Well, Hannah and Mikey, thank you both for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Liam O'Connell's been part of several bands across the Midlands for probably longer than he cares to remember. He is currently sharing some of those magical musical moments online. He joins me now to tell me more. Hello, sir. Hello, Jason. How are you? I'm all right. Good to see you. And are you looking well? Thank you very much. And yourself? Well, so what's going on in your world then? Because uh, I said you, you've been prolific, I think, is a good phrase in the amount of music you've produced over the years. Yeah, um, well, you could say that, although I did have a, quite a break um, until recently. I uh, originally started with Levin Creed, as you, can, as you well know, through mm -hmm. the, the, the music we did uh, for Wolves, the song we did for Wolves, Brighter Days. Um, but then I had quite a bit of a break, and uh, I, I wrote a couple of books, believe it or not, <laughs> um, motivational speaking books, uh, as I was uh, speaking and doing a, quite a lot of motivational speaking for a while. Uh, and then, only around about three years ago, got back with Richard, the keyboard player from Leventreed, mm -hmm. and uh, we, um, we just recorded a, an EP to, for release. So, uh, we so should be out soon. <laughs> new music, we like that idea. But it, it, the back catalogue is out there too. As you mentioned Leventreed, there was Van O'Connell, yeah. there's all sorts yeah. of other bits and pieces you've done over the years. That's um, right. And this, uh, has, have, are you self-influencing now, if there were such a thing? Yes, you could say so, yeah. Um, I'll tell you, talking about some of the, the back catalogue as well with Levin Creed, and then you mentioned Alex, uh, Alex Van. Uh, I was listening back to that because I've, I've, I've recently uploaded everything to my Bandcamp site yeah. and um, hoping very soon to actually uh, be able to put stuff on iTunes, Spotify. I'm just waiting for that to come through. So I was listening again to all the albums and uh, listening to the one we did with that. It's called Van O'Connell, mm -hmm. as you mentioned. Uh, and I just, you know, it was uh, fantastic, really. I was listening to a lot of the songs were written by Alex. Half, well, three or four of them by me and a couple of joint ones. But uh, that, was, uh, that was a really cool album and it was very acoustic. But um, we recorded it at Magic Garden in Wolverhampton mm -hmm. with uh, Gavin Monaghan, um, who's just amazing. He's, he's recorded with all sorts of, you know, great, great people. One of my favourite bands from Birmingham, The Twang. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, and, and all sorts of people. So it was great going back through the back catalogue, looking, th you know, through stuff and uh, seeing what was there. Yeah, um, when it came down to the uh, the, the, the days of Levin Creed, uh, you had quite an impressive band even then, though, didn't you? Yeah, uh, thanks for saying that. It was it was incredible. It took a couple of different formations. Uh, initially, I worked with somebody called Paul Hodson. Um, who's Brilliant, brilliant producer and, and musician. Um, we got the first Maybe Tomorrow album by Levin Creed, which was really a vehicle for me, uh, my songs really, my songwriting, uh, working with some great musicians. Um, and then from there, I put a band around that, the first version of Levin Creed, which played at uh, Ronnie Scott's in Birmingham, and uh, over in, we even did the Mean Fiddler going back to, going in London. Mm -hmm. um, and started to get a real, and you know the little Civic, Wolfram Hall, all sorts of places. So we, we only did originals. 
So we, we really did have quite a big following. And, and actually, we signed a small record deal. At one point, we were, we were watched by Polydor. And we, 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 we had real skirmishes with not quite making it big, but some real skirmishes with trying very hard to. Um, so yes, um, and then the, the, the final line of Love and Creed was the album Inside Out. Uh, which Kerry Davis sang vocals on. It was got a lot, a lot of beautiful sound influence in there, mm. um, which I, I missed. I should have said we also did an EP um, as the first lineup of Love and Creed mm-hmm. um, with John Bruff from the Beautiful Sound. He's their engineer and producer. Uh, that was just a brilliant experience again, um, and that's on the site. And as I say, finishing up with the Love and Creed version two with Inside Out the album which was brilliant, had the brass section playing on that beautiful sounds, um, and just, you know, I, I think that's probably one of my favourites, really, mm. uh, that we've done so far. Yeah, because, I mean, those guys are on the road still as the South, and they're doing some fantastic music there with not only Beautiful South tracks, but again, more original stuff. And I could never yeah. understand why you didn't make it big, why I'm not talking to somebody who I can barely <laughs> get a chance to talk to now, because... You are so famous, uh, and, and and I was I was on the one occasion I got to introduce you at the Mac in Birmingham. That was just a real night for me, but it was still a fantastic gig. Yeah, I'll, thank, I'll never forget that night either. And thanks, thanks for saying that, Josie. I, I know we got so close, and um, I still have people listening to the music who constantly say to me, "I, I just don't understand why Levin Creed or why you didn't make it." But the main thing is, you know, we, we enjoyed what we did, and that night was particularly incredible. I think we probably had. Um, Nine or ten piece band uh, as Levin Creed in that lineup um, with Kerry singing vocals with me. Um, brass section again, wasn't it live? It was. And, and, I, I, and we sold out. We sold out that match that night. It was. Um, it was just an amazing, uh, amazing gig. In fact, I've, I have got five or six live tracks from that night, um, which I'm just. I'm going to try and edit them and uh, put put them out on on my Bandcamp site. Uh, hopefully, in the next month or so. So that's on the agenda as well. So that's been captured, some of that. So, I mean, fantastic stuff. And, uh, I mean, the, the, uh, the bit I enjoyed was the, the day we recorded the video for uh, the, the Brighter Days track down at Molyneux. That was a good giggle. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? What, what a fantastic day. We were, we were running around the stadium. Uh, we were by the Billy Wright statue, uh, inside, outside, even on the pitch at some point. I don't know if it was the same day. Half, but... Well, we did a half-time penalty shootout, which was embarrassing <laughs> for Dan, wasn't it? But there we go. Oh, uh, yeah, Wolfie in goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, well, my dream came true when I scored a, a goal in front of the South Bank. <laughs> I actually scuffed it into the corner. It rolled as slow as you could possibly imagine. Just crossed the line and Wolfie dived the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll never forget that in front of the South Bank. It was very, it was great. Yeah, and there's a great reaction, a great reaction to the song. It sold well to the club and the club shop. So, I mean, where do we go to hear all of this stuff now? And of course, that new EP. Yeah, well, Bandcamp. So it's Liam O'Connell. Uh, if you if you put Liam O'Connell into Google, and if you it's just to be sure, if you put Liam O'Connell choices, that's one of my compilation albums. Mm-hmm. You'll definitely get me straight away. Go on to Bandcamp. Everything's there at the moment. Well, one or two things still to put up there. And we're still waiting for this new release to come through, which is called Don't Surrender. Uh, another another moniker, which is uh, uh, O'Connell Jones, mm-hmm. Richard Jones, my keyboard player, as I mentioned. He's, uh, it's, it's a four-tracker, three songs by myself, one by Rich. 
Um, although we've taken joint songwriting credits because it was a good partnership thing going on there. Yeah. And um, that will be out, well, it's really, really soon, just hopefully just to confirm a few things. Um, and that's quite acoustic, a lot of piano, a lot of acoustic guitars, um, and sort of, yeah, a bit of good, real laid-back vibe, um, but with some interesting lyrics I think people would find. So it's all on Bandcamp. But hopefully, very, very soon. Again, I'm just waiting for some uh, for things for approval. Uh, Spotify will be on. It should be on iTunes. All of that, and the back catalogue as well. Or most of the back catalogue will finally be available digitally properly. Which uh, you know, it, it's going to be great. It's it's lovely for me to see that it'll be out there anyway. Uh, for people to listen to as much as possible. Well, I've loved your work for many years. Looking forward to the new stuff. Go and check him out. This guy and the amazing people he's worked with as well. Absolute top quality performers. Liam McConnell, thank you for joining us. Cheers, Jason. Brilliant to see you. Thanks. Known not only for his appearance on TV and in the media, but also for his fantastic charity work. Stu Goldcrusher joins me now for a bit of a chat about what's going on with his world. Hello, sir. How are you, sir? Lovely to, love to see you this morning. Well, good to see you too. So, uh, what's going on at the moment? Because many of the things that you'd normally be working on are a bit of a break at the moment, aren't they? Well, you know, talking what's happened over the last year and a half, I haven't done much really. I've been working behind the scenes because, as I say, my dad, my dad had part, was 86, he had Parkinson's, mm -hmm. Alzheimer's, capital, so I ended up being his carer. Uh, so you're talking. What I've done is I've done a lot of charity work, like setting up Promise Dreams alongside uh, the world famous Donna's Dream House in Blackpool to send children from Shropshire in the Midlands over to Blackpool for free holidays. Mm -hmm. uh, and as I say, I've been working on uh, getting knives and weapons off the street mm -hmm. with uh, Wayne Adjuwani. Is uh, Arne, he's a, a cinematic photographer. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's one of the best, best in the country. Well, I've joined forces with Wayne, and uh, Wayne, he actually filmed me in the uh, the film Jesse, mm -hmm. what was filmed at uh, Busby Gymnasium. Uh, that's Wayne Harper's place. Then he also filmed me in Freakish. Well, Jesse has just won an award on YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from there we did Free Kiss, that's an horror movie. Yeah. Free Kiss has won a Hollywood award, horror award in Hollywood. Excellent. So that's fantastic. Uh, I was going to be in uh, Dick Turpin, mm -hmm. but I've, uh, I've pulled out of that one at the moment. Right. Yeah, and obviously everything's uh, a bit up in the air at the minute. But I mean, over the years, have you got any idea how much money you've actually raised for charity? Because it must be an amazing number. 158,000. Which is good, isn't it? I mean, you must be really proud of that and so many deserving causes. But what we actually do there is, you're talking, I use the, the Stu Goldcrusher name, go into a venue, mm -hmm. uh, and from there do the advertising for the school or the charity and that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, because I'm performing, like lifting 22 stone aquas balls or pulling trams in Blackpool or stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I let the charity get involved in me, mm -hmm. and they do all the collection side of things, the money side of things. So what I say to them then is, you're talking, 
whatever you raise on the day, just put a letter through to me saying how much I've helped you raise. And yeah, that all goes towards a fantastic total like that. When you're doing performing arts, as I say, like when I pulled the Trammy Blackpool, that was that was in 2003, that was 19 tonne. I did that one for cancer research. Mm-hmm. Uh, after I finished doing that, the body was zero tolerance. All I wanted to do was uh, sleep in the afternoon. <laughs> I can imagine after pulling a tram, but there we go. But I mean, you've appeared on TV doing some fantastic stuff as well. I mean, when you did the, the lift with Anton Deck, I mean, that must have been a fun moment too. Yeah, yeah. Now, Anton Deck, absolutely a fantastic team. Uh, now, through my uh, my agent in London, mm-hmm. I've actually got Simon Cowell's address, Manda Olden's address, yeah. Liam Gallagher's address, Robbie Williams, uh-huh. uh, David Williams, Pierce Morgan and Anton Deck. I've got all their addresses in London. And you... So now, what I'm doing is I'm dealing with Psycho mm-hmm. and putting things in the, po- po- uh, the post directly to Simon's house. Yeah, so when you've got an event coming up or there's something that you're working on, and this is stuff that they'll be interested in working with you on, I'm sure, then uh, you can talk to them directly. And, I mean, this is, again, uh, a measure of the good work that you've done and how well received each thing that you do and each event you work on goes. I mean, what is it that you'd like to do and what have you got planned for as soon as we're out of lockdown? Well, what I'm I'm doing is, at the moment, as I say, I've teamed up with uh, Wayne Adjuani, got nice and weapons off the street. Me and Wayne went down to London and uh, we performed uh, at a show free of charge yeah. for a bloke called Rocky Torriani. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rocky Torriani he, is a fantastic lad, fantastic charity worker, uh, loving from the art, mm-hmm. brilliant lad. Well, while I was at his show, I met, I met him all. I met Joe Egan, you're talking from there, Frank Bruno was there and all the top names. Well, after I finished that show, because uh, I dedicated my free time, me and Wayne had dedicated our free time to that show, mm-hmm. Arthur London's added us. Uh, so I've got a better position in London to work my, my charity stuff that way. But also, we've teamed up with a bloke called Ross Eve and CJ Livingmore down in Manchester. Yeah. Now, Ross was... Uh, brought out a film called uh, Sharp Point. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Sharp Point film, it's unbelievable. When I watched it, it it's, it's gone for an Hollywood award, that one has as well. Yeah. But can't say too much on it because it's still in the rankings to win. Right, But also, uh, Ross is uh, he's, he's going to be bringing out a film called... Uh, Brutally tormented, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna have some uh, big actors in that alongside Joe Egan. Uh, I think it's Dave Courtney, uh, Billy Blanks from America, mm-hmm. and all sorts of people. We've had uh, Paul Grant uh, of Star Wars, he was in the first set of Jesse. Yeah. as well, when we filmed that Bushford Gymnasium. Now, what we're trying to do is, uh, Wayne, Wayne Harper's let us use Bushford Gymnasium. Mm-hmm. So, because my dad's passed away, I'm going to be buying, like, £8,000 worth of filming equipment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be teaming that, that up in London. I'm going to be 
filming Rocky shows for nothing. Uh, Joe Egan is going to do a fight. He's fighting somebody for the NHS. Yeah. So me and Wayne will go down there and film his show for him free of charge because yeah. he's a fantastic lad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, when I do something big this way alongside Busker Gymnasium, then Rocky and Joe have already turned around and says they'll come to the Midlands to help me what whatever I'm doing. Yeah, well, and Joe's an absolutely fantastic fella. I met him uh, a few weeks just before lockdown yeah. uh, and uh, yeah. had a great chat with him down at Wolverhampton Racecourse. So, uh, no, brilliant stuff there. Great to hear everything you've got on the way. Where do people go to find you on social media? You can get me at stugoldcrusher at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can get me on Facebook. You can get me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm going to be advertising more on LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, and I'm going to be I'm going to be throwing pretty shortly. I'm going to be throwing Facebook campaigns as well. Okay, so look out for all of that. But for now, Stu Goldcrusher, thank you for joining us and keep up the good work. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Uh, can I just mention something else? Uh, many many years ago, we did uh, we did Wolverhampton's Top Talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was at the Grand Theatre. It was. Uh, me and Wayne, me and Wayne are looking to put something together like that the future okay well i enjoyed hosting wolverhampton's top talent down at the grand always happy to host on a charity event so let me know when that's coming up and i look forward to seeing you then yeah 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 yeah. we can use you at that one most definitely sir see you soon have a good time mate thank you thank you Joe James Thomas should have been out and about on tour with a Black Country Night Out. He's recently done a Black Country Night In for the Black Country Lockdown Open Mic channel. However, he joins me now for a bit of a chat as well. Hello, sir. Hello, Jason. You all right? I'm good. You all right? I'm good, yeah. Fantastic. Now, you've been you've been singing online, performing uh, in as many homes as will have you, and uh, people still loving your music, even though we can't get out and see you in real life. Yeah, I have been. It's uh, it's been strange. It's been really strange, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, singing and no one, mm-hmm. you know, in front of me, sort of thing, you know. It's <laughs> it's strange. But you've got the cameras there. People are watching, and you know that, and they're enjoying the songs as much as ever. And uh, and knowing you and you, the regularity with which you randomly learn a new instrument. Have you learned anything new during this lockdown period? Or have you just kept it with the guitar and, uh, and piano that you pretty much taught yourself anyway? Oh, well, yeah, I'm still... Um, well, I'm always learning new things on the guitar, ukulele, piano, but I've been learning more... <clears throat> well, I've, I've been learning more stuff on the piano or, yeah. <laughs> or I'm trying to learn new stuff. But you've not been tempted to get a new instrument, you know, order a harp off Amazon and start playing that? Someone's asked me this before, funnily enough, and I, I'm, I'm not too sure what my next instrument would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might be um, I've always thought of the double bass, yeah. you know, the stand-up bass. You've got the look for that as well, so I think that'll work, won't it? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what else is going on? Because, uh, as I say, you should have been out on the road with uh, the, the tour for the Black Country Night Out. And uh, when you have been doing that, I mean, the audience has been loving the music you've been playing, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my, my gigs have been... Uh, cancelled now mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've I've got a few hopefully later on this year mm-hmm. uh, but even it's only about it's about five gigs yeah but 
we'll wait and see what happens when uh, everything starts to get back to normal. That's it. Yeah. Okay, so um, I mean, you have a guitar there, and uh, we we will get you to perform. So uh, that's good. But it's this isn't the thing that you've most recently gone viral for because you played piano in the middle of the Merry Hill Centre just before everything closed down, and that went absolutely mad online, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it did. To be fair, I was quite surprised. It's the most amount of views I've ever got. <laughs> on it. Oh, I was I was there watching it. You know, kept refreshing the video every <laughs> five seconds. <laughs> oh, it was good. <laughs> uh, so, no, that, that was impressive in itself. But uh, you're going to play a song for us now. What are you going to do this time? I'll play um, an Eddie Cochran tune, an old rock and roll song, 20 Flight Rock. It's cool. Oh, Joe Jones Thomas, take it away. Thank you for that, and uh, we look forward to getting you back on stages across the area, and uh, I know there's a lot of people who will be looking forward to uh, seeing more from you. Meanwhile, though, you are performing on your Facebook channel, aren't you? I'm on the music channel, yeah, I'm Joe James Thomas Music, I'm, I'm live streaming every now and then, and and I, I've got to do one soon for um, the NHS, I think that's next Tuesday. Okay, so we'll look Not out for that one. And uh, but check all the details. How do people find you on Facebook? Literally, just um, if the type in Joe James Thomas Music, you should be there. It'll come down to picture of me, uh, guitar in hand. One of these things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joe, always good to catch up with you. Look forward to getting in the studio when everything's back to normal. Meanwhile, though, have fun, stay safe, and I'll see you soon. Thanks very much, Jason, and you, my mate. You take care. somebody who grew up doing amateur theatre across the Midlands, is now on the big stage in the West End to tell me more about what he's up to, a little bit at least. I'm joined now by Tom Zander. Hello, sir. 
Hello, mate. You okay? I'm good, and I trust we find you well and uh, and relaxing a little bit during this hiatus from work. Oh, I really, really are. <laughs> using using this time as a bit of a break, to say the least. Now, I mean, you, you're appearing uh, in the West End at the moment, and this is absolutely brilliant stuff. You are a truly talented performer. We know that. We've seen you in the in the in the region in the past. But tell us a bit about your journey and how you've got to where you are now. Uh, yeah. So you know, I start, I first started with music. Um, it's my granddad that got me into music, so I started playing uh, the violin when I was, I think it was when I was about eight years old, mm -hmm. um, and I first wanted to be a musician, so I started the violin, then I started playing piano, um, and then I wanted to go into some singing lessons when I was about 12, and as soon as I went to my singing lesson, I knew that was, you know, the, the path that I then wanted to take, um, and since then it was just absolutely what I've worked towards the whole time. Um, and I carried on singing throughout the years, joined lots of uh, amateur dramatic societies um, and carried on doing all those shows with them. Mm -hmm. And then I auditioned for uh, Thomas Alvord's sixth form uh, to do the performing arts course, uh, as I knew a lot of my friends who had passed on to drama school had gone through that, that mm -hmm. process uh, and it had been successful for them. So I thought I'd do the exact same thing, try that. And it did, and I ended up going to Mavio Academy of Theatre Arts and then I did my three years training there and it was, I had the best, worst, <laughs> most amazing time <laughs> all in one. Um, and then, yeah, and it led to me going into the Book of Mormon in the West End and I've been there now for three years. Which is impressive stuff in itself. And uh, it must be great being part of a show like that. Uh, but the, the pressures are there when you're doing it in the West End, aren't they? Because it is constant. You're doing so many shows. Uh, you really have to earn your money. Oh, you, you, <laughs> you really, really, really do. Um, don't get me wrong, though. With this content of the show, context of the show, it is such a fun, uh, lively show, and it kind of takes a lot of the work element out of it. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong; it's the West End. It's, you know, we've, we've got we've got a lot of work to do, and we have constant rehearsal sessions uh, to make sure that we're keeping on top of everything and everything that's not as good as it had been to get back on track with that. You know, so we still have constant rehearsal process, so it is grueling and it is hard work. But fortunately, because of the show we get to have a lot of fun and, and sometimes, you know, it doesn't ever, f well, to be honest, I don't think ever it feels like work. Mm -hmm. We have a few days when we go, oh God, this is really hard. <laughs> um, but the majority of time it's, it's, it's you know, you know, we're very, very lucky yeah. to be able to pull that our job. Yeah, it is hard for the right reasons, though, which is what counts. Mm. And uh, I mean, absolutely, with with what you're doing, uh, so you've got to have that level of talent there. And uh, uh, I, I know as well that you, from the way social media works, the number of people I see who are now linked in so many different ways. Um, you know, you're working with people who I've seen on stage at the Grand maybe four or five years ago. And yeah. They're appearing in various Instagram videos and stuff that you share out there. And, and it's nice to be able to share a bit of behind the scenes uh, with a, you know, a bit of a wider audience, whether it's uh, the, the, the big thing on Instagram or the, uh, the slightly uh, uh, more friend-based stuff that you do on Facebook. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, like we meet so many amazing people. And the thing with the industry, like you say, you've seen people from the ground. Um, the thing with the industry is it's so, so small. It's the same people that are working across all different shows and you get to meet everyone pretty much. Mm -hmm. And everyone becomes one big community. So everyone kind of knows everyone. And, you know, when we, when we, it's, it's great because we have a lot of fans for Book of Mormon and, and they love seeing us backstage. They love seeing us outside of doing out, you know, if we go for a drink or something like that, they love seeing everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so it's so great that social media can allow people to get that glimpse into that side of life as well. Yeah, and some of the things you guys get up to are absolutely mad as hat as the lot of you. I mean... <laughs> 
we are quite, a lot of us are quite a crazy bunch to say the least okay this is, this is all part of uh, you know, keeping things on top of uh, you know, where you need to be with the pressure that you're under with a number of shows and having a social life and being and and and, and the expectations that are put on you and yeah. you know it, it's it, it, fun i mean what you're doing at the moment you're playing a role of, of of an age that you are now uh what would you like to be when you are getting older i mean where do you see yourself in maybe 20 30 years time what what roles that are around now would you like to be reprising i mean it's a hard one because you know there's so many roles that i would love to have a chance at having a go with mm -hmm. uh, but you just never know what's going to be around at that time but i suppose you know I'm, i i grew up the reason i fell in love with musical theater was because of the shows lay is phantom of the opera all the classics yeah i say classics i mean the ones that have been around the longest you know that everyone kind of <laughs> the ones that have been what? around longer than you've been on this earth as it exactly, is yeah. exactly 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 <laughs> it seems like five minutes so... to me i remember when they were new so you know <laughs> um but yeah i mean I grew up listening to the actual classics like Carousel and Oklahoma and those sort of stuff. And that's kind of where my voice is naturally set to sing mm -hmm. uh, because I grew up singing that sort of stuff for my singing teacher. And I would love to do those kind of shows. I'd love to do, you know, in the future, I'd love to be a Billy Bigelow. Um, <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to play Phantom. I'd love to play Valjean. Those sort of roles I'd absolutely love to do because for my voice type, um, you know, ironically, that's not what I use in Mormon, but my natural where I where I naturally uh, sing in in my voice type, I would love to do those kind of roles. Mm -hmm. uh, but however, having said that, more the thing that excites me the most would be new theatre and and new roles, and to see what would be out in twenty years' time would be an extremely exciting thing to do, and to be able to go, oh, I know this is coming, I'd love to play that one, but unfortunately, we never do, uh, <laughs> so we just have to wait for those to happen. Okay, time will tell. Anything could happen. There will be people absolutely. writing away in lockdown now, and some, the time absolutely. it takes to get something to the stage. You know what? It's probably going to be an absolute surge of new writing <laughs> there is. Uh, that's going to come next year because people will be absolutely crazy writing everything mm -hmm. well let's say this you know, long may uh, great new writing continue long may your continue, uh, career continue to uh, to impress thank you and uh, where can people go to find you and the rest of your gang on social media so uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Tom Zander too, because someone else already took Tom Zander. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm on there, and then you can follow us on the Book of Mormon uh, UK website um, and the Instagram and Twitter handles as well, and you'll be able to see all our antics that we get up to over there. Oh, fantastic stuff, Tom! Lovely to speak to you. We look forward to seeing you on stage soon. Ta-ra for now. And you. Bye bye. Paul Hayes Academy have been working hard throughout the lockdown to make sure their pupils are not only educated, but also doing their bit for their community too. They've recently been fundraising for Warsaw Manor Hospital, and to tell me more, I'm joined now by the principal, Mrs Harris. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you all. Hope you're all safe and well. Fingers crossed everybody is just at the moment, and I know you guys have got a massive team of teachers down there, all of whom are busily working away to keep everybody educated whilst they're working from home. Yeah, I mean, I'm so proud of the whole uh, team at Paul Hayes Academy because everyone, it's a whole team effort since uh, the news, obviously, and before that, to be honest, before the news that we were the closed down, um, we've all been busy working every day. So we've mm -hmm. got staff in contact with students every day, obviously setting work, assessing the work 
doing everything possible really to make sure that the learning doctor disrupted as far as possible. Mm-hmm. So really great team there, yeah. And now I know it is a particularly fine establishment as it is 30 years this year since I left having completed my A-levels and went off to university. It was called Paul Ace Community School back in the day, but the badge is the same and the ethos of doing the best for the pupils is as well, isn't it? That's it, you know, our values is making sure that everyone achieves regardless of background, everyone's got the same opportunities and you can see as a former student yourself, you can go on to great things in life. So yeah, that is a part of their ethos and their trust ethos as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the moment uh, things have uh, been interesting too, because there's been a, a reading challenge, uh, which is uh, how your librarian got in touch with me last week to let us know about what was going on there. And this has all been to, to raise funds and has some good sponsors as well who've been helping out the course. Yeah, that was it. I mean, we always wanted to make sure that apart from the, the work that we've been at home, reading was something we got a big priority in Paul Hayes. And so then we're thinking about how could we encourage our students to read at home for pleasure as much as with their work they're doing in lessons. Um, And so uh, Mrs Plimmer, the librarian, um, got in contact with Warsaw Healthcare NHS and they were doing a a challenge on a Thursday evening from seven to eight before our clap for carers. Um, They're doing it every Thursday now. And we have had Year 7 get on board with this for sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And local companies like Blake Moore and Sons have also sponsored us as well. And we did that Thursday gone. Um, staff got involved, students got involved. And it was so successful, we're going to now continue with it every Thursday. And details of all these sort of things can be found on the school's social media channels. Now, this is something we didn't have when I was at school. We had a newsletter, which would occasionally get put out to the community. But these days, uh, you're open to being able to interact with the community in so many different ways. Yeah, it's very, very active, a social media account, because as you can understand, we get updates almost daily um, from, from the government and the direction that we need to move. Um, and so it's, it's allowed us to be able to get news out to parents and carers and students straight away using our Twitter and our Instagram feed um, at Paul Hayes Acad. That also goes onto our website. We do still try and send letters, but as you can imagine with letters, Sometimes the news has changed since the letter was given out. The social media is right on the pulse news feed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a, the, the world is slightly different than the world of teaching from when I was there many moons ago. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you're just a little bit younger than me. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it, it is a different world in many ways to, to when you were uh, learning too. So uh, it's interesting to see the way these things adapt. And uh, what does it mean now that uh, Paul Hayes is an academy compared to the community school days of old? Uh, it, it means that we're part of a, a, a bigger trust. So in, in a mass, it brings benefits in that we're better together. Mm-hmm. So we've got 22 schools across the whole of the trust, the Academy Transformation Trust. And, and since the lockdown, I've had, you know, in the school, great support um, from all the other colleagues in our maths uh, wide. So what it does bring to us, um, different to the community school, it brings to us as a trust um, more opportunities to be able to a link with other schools across the whole trust nationwide and ultimately they're then given to the students and um, we are still though very much community minded um, so things like this this initiative working with Warsaw Healthcare and um, St Giles their local authority as well that we sponsor uh, we've, we've been doing a lot of things in the community as well and um, donating PP equipment for instance and um, links with giving out hampers most vulnerable families um, so even though we are now uh, an academy, the community is still at our heart very much so, and we do get very active within it, hence the conversation today mm-hmm. about involving and supporting literacy and reading 
through the NHS campaign that's local to Warsaw. And you're still working in the world of adult education as well? At the moment, it's something, as I say, with our trust, we're developing adult education. We do, obviously, workshops for parents and carers, um, but they're directly linked, obviously, to the academy. Um, but it is something that is in our uh, plan to open that out to the local community as a whole. Mm-hmm. So that is something, yeah, that we want to get really involved with. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's great facilities down there. There always were. Uh, I'm sure that's continued uh, under your reign. Uh, obviously, the, the head teachers, I remember, uh, left some time ago. And uh, But each time you pass on a baton uh, of uh, yeah, the work that's been done in, in the school, and you know, as, as we see in many schools across the region, and uh, it, it is uh, massively important part of a child's life as they grow up and I mean the young adults that you're teaching there uh, are doing brilliant things when they do go on to uh, their further education and then into careers later on. That's it and we do want to create an alumni and I've spoken about this before because I think for role models in our school we look at those that have been to our academy and therefore have left and become very successful and I think since the lockdown, a lot of people have got in touch with us. NHS workers, for instance, are on our social media page. But I think what better way when we do return to set up a, a formal alumni for a former Paul Hayes Academy students to get together and also inspire the people that are there now at the school to think, I can achieve this in life because that person has done that and they came to this academy. I have the same opportunities as them, probably even more so now in the modern world. So... I'm really looking forward to setting up that alumni very shortly. Well, I will, uh, fingers crossed, become one of the members of that, if you'll let me. And uh, (laughs) look forward to getting involved in some way in that one. Uh, But for now, remind us of all the social channels so people can find out about the work you're doing. And, of course, if they want to add to the coffers for the support that you're giving to Warsaw Manor, how do they do that? Brilliant. So if you follow our social media pages on Twitter and on Instagram, so it's at Paul Hayes Acads, um, on there, you will find the link to the Just Giving page for the, the Warsaw Health NHS Hair Appeal, and you can sponsor us that way, ultimately, to give better opportunities then for the NHS, who, um, I will say, you know, have been amazing, like we all think, and I think it just shows to us how without the NHS, you know, we wouldn't have got through this at all. Mm-hmm. So thank you to all those workers out there, because um, it's something that we can never you know, say thank you enough to. And what we're doing is something very small, um, but it's just a way of just saying thank you. Well, you guys keep up the good work that you're doing down there, helping to inspire kids to go into the right career for them and give them the education they need to get there. For now, Mrs Harris of Paul Hayes Academy, thank you for joining us. Thank you, take care. Your face on many a TV screen is that of Adam C. Booth. You've seen him on stage quite a bit, the Grand Two over the years. He joins me now for a bit of a natter. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you doing? You okay? I'm good. I trust we find you well. Yeah, not too bad. You know, it's all a bit, life's a bit different at the moment, but we're uh, soldiering, soldiering on. It, yeah, well, you, you have to cope and you have to keep going with things. And uh, uh, you are still quite busy, though, I take it, at the moment. Yeah, um, it was that sort of thing of. Uh, a bit of a shock to the system obviously you know doing so many different types of jobs from sort of my acting work and uh and obviously do a bit of teaching at, at different colleges all around the country so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always all over the place so it was a bit of an adjustment but um but yeah no i'm, I'm still busy i'm still uh obviously it's changed things uh a lot of stuff's now online mm-hmm. so uh 
yeah, just not moving around as much at the moment. <laughs> now, I mean, you've been working on some some great comedy, uh, in, in, particularly in, in recent weeks, months, and, and but also over the years. Uh, if you, give us a few of your favourite moments, some of the highlights of the stuff that you get up to when uh, we're not in lockdown. Um, well, it was it was quite. It was quite good because obviously, you know, I've done about seven years of comedy. So, you know, obviously uh, working with uh, Keith Lemon a lot doing the mm -hmm. uh, sketch shows. And then we and then obviously uh, we did the uh, Keith and Paddy Picture Show for two years uh, with uh, with Paddy McGuinness. So, um, so uh, you know, the, the comedy stuff's really kept going um, and it's been great. Uh, but I, it was quite nice. I managed to um, do, a, do a little part on a, on a drama. Uh, just before lockdown, and mm -hmm. I think that might be coming out over in the next couple of months. Uh, a drama called The Bay, uh, which is the second series. So, yeah, it was it was nice to do something a bit serious. Do you know what I mean? Uh, just <laughs> just a, just the change, really. Um, obviously, you know, my favourite is doing all the comedy, and as you know from seeing me in the pantomimes at Wolverhampton, which is another different. Uh, side of the comedy you do you know what I mean from mm -hmm. from the TV stuff uh, a lot of the aud audience participation type thing so uh, so yeah so you know it was it was it was, it was quite busy and um, and then obviously lockdowns happened so uh, so it's a lot of using your phone and and, and all that sort of thing <laughs> you know for work these days absolutely and it's an excuse for having a decent phone as well i mean and suddenly yeah the, the iphone 11 pro definitely is something that needs to be in my tax return <laughs> yeah i think the thing for me is is that uh you know being a being a performer like an actor singer whatsoever you know like all the technology part of it isn't my forte and <laughs> i think that's the thing that i've really had to come to terms with even with just sort of connecting with friends and things like that, you know, things like Zoom and meetings and all them sort of thing, I never even heard of. And now it's become like the most important thing in my life, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's the only way you talk to some of your colleagues. But, I mean, when, yeah. when, when you've done all that you've done uh, with Panto, I mean, you get a new Panto family each Christmas. And it's been, yeah. what, uh, just over 12 months since you were last with us at the Grand. Uh, last year, where did you end up at that time around? Uh, I was in uh, High Wycombe, which was... Uh, you know, obviously I work for Kudos every year, so they sort of, you know, uh, <clears throat> put you in different places. So mm -hmm. it was actually the, the first time I'd been that far down south, uh, which was a bit worrying, you know, obviously, you know, as a northerner thinking, oh, God, will they, will they laugh or will they just be like, who's this northern monkey get off the stage? Do you know what I mean? So, but, um, <clears throat> but it was an absolutely great panto. Um, we had so much fun. The audiences were great. Um, it was quite a young cast because we had uh, Curtis Pritchard, who um, was off. Uh, he'd done Love Island, and mm -hmm. his brother's AJ Pritchard on Strictly. Yeah. Um, so he's from a, a boring background. So it was. It was. It was. It was a very sort of. Uh, you know, there was lots of singing and dancing. Obviously, he did all his boring stuff, mm -hmm. and um, and then obviously I did my. My usual thing of uh, all the audience participation, the song sheet at the end. Um, so yeah, it was good. It was Dick Whittington, so it was a, a new one for me. I know they had Dick Whittington at the Grand as well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so yeah, so it was it was it was a it was a really good run. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. And I know you guys often go around and see different panto productions as well. Everyone seems to have a different night off, fortunately, and I think this is the reason they do it is so you can still go and see your mates from yesteryear in a different panto somewhere else in the country. Yeah, of course. Um, no, it was nice. Uh, Scott Bird from uh, Wolverhampton, he came to see us. 
Um, so that was nice just to see a, an old friend there as well. Because mm -hmm. obviously I'd done my two years. So, um, you know, I, I miss everybody at Wolverhampton loads. Um, and all the audiences, if anybody's out there. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, and, and obviously, I, I think in my first year at Wolverhampton, we did... Aladdin and Neil, who was the genie, who's an old friend of mine, we've done yeah. a few musicals together. Uh, unfortunately, he was right down in Plymouth, so it was just a little bit too far <laughs> to get down there. But um, but hopefully, you know, uh, I'll be seeing him wherever he is next year. But it's it's nice. It's a it's a major Panto family, and every year, whoever's doing uh, Pantos all over the country, you sort of remember that time and all sort of check in. Mm -hmm. and sort of say hello to each other and, and say how it's all going. So, um, so yeah, no, it's a really, it's a really special time for the, of the year for me, pantomime. And uh, so you mentioned the, the bay, which will be on our TV screens in the near future. What else should we be looking out for with you in at the moment? I've just done a, a, a comedy pilot as well, um, which I can't say too much about. It was really, um, it was, it, I was really hoping that that might have developed a bit further, but obviously through lockdown, everything's just completely shut down at the moment, yeah. which is a bit... As, a, as an actor, is it, I mean, obviously you, you adjust and getting used to it now that this is just how it is at the moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's it, you know, everything's sort of obviously gone a bit quiet and, and, and it's a case of just being a bit more, um, I guess, taking that initiative to do a bit more writing, things like things that I never get time to do. You're obviously rushing about and doing all that. So it's mm -hmm. been a time to sort of press that reset button and go, OK, well, I'm going to, you know, reschedule my day a bit differently and <laughs> do a bit more writing I've had a few more few ideas that I've always wanted to do so you know like I say it's just taking this time just to, to develop other things so who knows we could see a sitcom starring you written by you uh, where you'll probably see <laughs> yeah. and dance the theme tune and uh, graphics too. <laughs> that's that's the dream at some point in the future hopefully <laughs> fingers crossed we will see that meanwhile though fingers we can see crossed. plenty of stuff from you uh, in the back catalogue online yeah exactly yeah 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 so uh See, yeah, and I think that's the thing that you can see with a lot of performers. I mean, it's not that I find it quite hard. I mean, I don't mind sort of social media and stuff. I sort of try and get out, uh, you know, obviously with the comedy and sketches are there for life. Mm -hmm. uh, that it's always interesting. Like, for example, we did, me and uh, Keith Lemon did an Ant and Dex sketch. Yeah. And, and every single time I'm a celebrity's on, they sort of seem to come around. Or, <laughs> you know, uh, the great British Bake Off, we did a sketch on that. So, so they sort of come and I try and get that out. But it's, it's interesting seeing um, how creative a lot of performers have been at the moment mm -hmm. and just getting their stuff all out on social media. Um, so I think it is a case for me, I'm just trying to, you know, be a bit brave to maybe do that as we go forward. <laughs> okay. Where do we find you on social media then? Oh, Adam C. Booth on Instagram. Yeah, uh, and um, and and it's the same on Twitter as well. So follow me, yeah, follow me. I'm I'm trying to build my followers. I think it's all about that at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Okay, check him out. He's a top fella, really nice bloke, and hugely talented. And he can dance like no one would expect him to either. And uh, <laughs> and, and that and that hair, I'm just jealous of. Adam, always <laughs> good to have a natter with you. Thanks for joining us, and uh, I hope to see you on stage in here sometime soon. Cheers. Thanks very much. Lovely to see you. Take care. Britain's community spirit is really coming together, but it has been present in Wensfield for a particularly long time. Somebody who's part of the team behind a lot of those activities is James Clark, who joins me now. Hello, sir. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? I'm good. I trust we find you well. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
what's going on at the moment? Because there's always plenty happening. And uh, I know you guys uh, down there work particularly hard through all the organisations you're involved with. Yeah, I mean, in Wentfield itself, there's quite a lot happening. Um, I think from the off, once this kind of COVID-19 situation uh, began, um, lots of people were looking about what they could do and how they could support people. Uh, obviously, it's been quite hard because a lot of the traditional kind of stuff that I'm involved in, which is running a community centre, putting on community events, all that stuff's kind of had to stop. So it's taken a little while for people to kind of reevaluate and work out how they can help, given obviously all the restrictions we're under during a lockdown. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the website I run, wv11.co.uk, which has got quite a big following on Facebook, we've been putting out information to local people, um, basically keeping people abreast of what's going on, um, signposting people where we can that need support. Uh, and then out of that, we've actually set up a mutual aid Facebook group um, mutual aid is a movement that's popping up all over the country as well as the city itself, which is really encouraging people to help each other. Um, yeah, we've got some great support from the council, we've got some support from government, but I think on a neighbourhood level, if, if people can get out and help their neighbours in whatever capacity they can, that's actually going to be the most uh, have the most impact in terms of supporting people that need it at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, in, in terms of uh, yeah, things that the community actually need physically, their, their food, etc., uh, we're reaching probably the end of most things people panic for, except possibly the toilet rolls. So, you know, there is a genuine need there for us to pull together and actually get the right things to the right people all at the same time. There is, yeah, and I think, you know, we're fortunate in that, you know, the shops haven't run out of stuff, really. Yeah, there was a couple of weeks where, where it was, it was yeah, the panic buying kind of got, got in the way of things. But now the stock is there, you can go shopping. But there are people who are vulnerable, who can't get out, and they need the help. Um, again, you know, there's the council, I think, are dealing with 35,000 people that were on this high-risk register. Mm -hmm. Most of those are people with medical conditions, and it's great that they're getting that support. But as with any system that has limits, there's always people who kind of fall through the cracks that maybe aren't eligible or don't fit the, the kind of criteria. So um, this mutual aid group, which I've been working on with St Thomas's Church in Wensfield, um, St Albans Church in Ashwell Park, um, as well as various other volunteers. Uh, we've had support from our local MP, um, local councillors. Um, we're really just trying to provide a safety net for the people that maybe, as I say, fall through those cracks or need that little bit of extra support. Mm -hmm. um, but also encourage people who want to help their neighbours, advise them on how they can do that. You know, yes, there are restrictions around what you can do, um, but you can go and help other people. You know, if you're helping vulnerable people, you are allowed to go and shop for them, pick up medicines for them, you know. Um, and just encouraging people to check in with their neighbours, you know, whether it's on the phone, whether it's setting up a WhatsApp group for your street. There's lots of things you can do to kind of stay connected and just keep an eye on people um, without physically having to be next to them, which obviously is hard at the moment. When it comes down to it, what we're doing now is really what you and Steph were putting together when WV11 first started. It is, yeah, as I say, I think, and it's interesting actually, having, we, you know, the churches have set up a, a telephone helpline, um, I haven't got the number to hand, but you can find it on WV11, um, and they've had a few calls, and they've been doing shopping for people, and there's been some telephone befriending going on, just people who need a call, but in reality, they've not actually been overwhelmed with contacting Wensfield, and I think that's actually, hopefully, that's a sign that the community itself is quite, you know, um, resilient, and, and is able to look after itself, um, and I'd like to think that the work that's been done around the community over the past 10 years, certainly that I've been involved, I'd like to think this is a little bit of a, a sign that, you know, what we were doing has made a difference because 
there haven't been hundreds and hundreds of people in dire need um, and that's really encouraging. Mm-hmm, absolutely and you know this hopefully will bring a, a greater community spirit after the events that we're going through now as well and if we can see something positive come out of this it will just be uh, you know, nice to see something aside of the because the awful stories we're seeing in the news so much at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, um, whenever there's something horrific happens, there's just, just as much good happens as bad. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen so many times. I mean, we had relatives over in um, New Zealand who were in Christchurch, uh, which had a massive earthquake nine years ago. Um, hundreds of people were killed. The city was leveled pretty much. Um, and that was a real kind of eye-opener. We were quite close. You know, we got, we got a, 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 an insight view to that. But the amount of good that happened, people coming together, digging people's properties out of rubble, people feeding people, um, it always, you know, a disaster, whatever type of disaster, it always brings out the best in people, you know. And I think we're going to continue to see that. It's happening now. Um, this is going to be a long haul, you know. I think even once this initial kind of threat has passed, in reality, the, the, there's going to be a lot of psychological scarring mm-hmm. um, of people in society, you know, uh, a long time after this event, you know, people who've lost loved ones, people who struggled during their, their lockdown. So, the, you know, those things that are there in the community that are helping to build resilience, they're really going to come into play once the initial threat has passed. And I think people are already starting to think now about, okay, once the lockdown is eased, once hopefully the virus has passed, then what do we do then in terms of how we support those people? Because a lot of those people that will have got through this are going to need that support further down the line. Yeah, and sadly, there'll be many cases where their usual support networks are sadly no longer with us. And, uh, you know, that, that, that is going to be important to, to fill what will be a massive void in so many people's lives. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I work part-time at the Voluntary Sector Council um, and we're involved quite heavily supporting charities, voluntary sector organisations. And it's been great to see them rally around those organisations. But they are all struggling because, you know, A, you know, inevitably people are going off ill, so organisations don't have the capacity they had. Um, Funds are stretched because they're having to fund things that they wouldn't normally do. You know, there's there's organisations in the city who are feeding several hundred people a week mm-hmm. um you know a lot of the uh, gurdwaras have got together and are feeding you know literally hundreds of people because they're people that would normally go and eat at the gurdwara and they're yeah. going to take the food to them now so um yeah there's a big strain you know there's lots of talk about the economy and i think sometimes people forget that you know the voluntary sector is part of the economy you know it's a big part of that um and we're going to need everyone to be able to kind of survive this so if we can get as many organizations through this now it means that they will be there to kind of pick up the pieces and continue to support people um, yeah, into the future. Mm-hmm. We've already mentioned that uh, WV11 has got some uh, great resources if people need it. Where else would you suggest people go to and, and give us your social channels to? Well, I mean, the, the mutual aid uh, website, there's a mutual aid website for the city. Uh, the address is uh, wolvescovid19.uk, I think. But mm-hmm. If you Google Wolverhampton Mutual Aid, that website is really good. Um, it's not only got a list on there of all the individual kind of like localised mutual aid groups because they're popping up in different parts of the city. Um, there's also a, a map on there that shows you organisations who are providing support. So if people need food, um, mental health support, there's on the map you can kind of find organisations that are offering support. There's also lots of information on there around how you can set up a group yourself, how you can support your own neighbours. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good place to start. Um, likewise, you know, the council website, uh, the Voluntary Sector Council website, we've got links on there. And particularly if people are looking for support um, in terms of how their, their charities, their voluntary organisations can kind of get through this and what 
what they need help with. Um, at the Vulture Sector Council, we set up a volunteer drive uh, four weeks ago uh, in, in uh, coordination with the council. Uh, and in two weeks, we had 550 people register offering to help, uh, which was amazing. You know, it's taken us some time to get through that number of people, a bit like the, the NHS one. You know, the, mm -hmm. there's more volunteers than there are actually places to put them at the moment. Yeah. But we have managed to place 100 people with Beacon Centre. Um, 100 people with the council um, and other volunteers around with small organisations buying food. So, you know, that need is still there um, and it's been really great to see the response. Oh, absolutely fantastic stuff. Uh, WV11.co.uk, of course, your website and uh, you can be found on socials too. But for now, James Clark, thank you for having a chat with us. Thank you very much. Good to see you. Now, in this time of lockdown, one of the main things on our mind is food. And whether we're eating too much, the right amount, or just trying something different, uh, somebody who knows a thing or two about food is Anil from Nelly's Deli. Hello, sir. Hiya, Jace. How are you? I'm good. I trust we find you well? Yes. Good stuff. Very now, much so. not too long before the lockdown started, you were at the uh, market in Wolverhampton and you, uh, you had the, the great opportunity to open a stall down there. Uh, unfortunately, though, lockdown has put things on a bit of a hiatus. So uh, Nelly's Deli is not trading at the minute, but you will be back with some more brilliant vegan food as soon as you're able to, won't you? So, yes, Jason, regarding the lockdown, I think one thing is that we've done, we have done so much different types of food and recipes, uh, new ones that we will be putting into Nelly's Deli. Fantastic recipes, full of flavour. And loads of people have been trying vegan food for the first time, possibly because that, uh, yeah, the, the meat stuff that they would normally be buying wasn't initially available, but also because they may be thinking a little bit more about their health during this time when they haven't got everything that is standard in their lives around them. That's right. Uh, it is about being uh, health conscious. Vegan food is is obviously a healthy way of living. And if we can provide and give great food vegan wise, then why not? OK, give us a, a few ideas on fake meals and other things you've been producing whilst uh, you've been in lockdown yourself. So I, I've been looking at more South Indian type food. So we've got the masala dosas that we've been trialling out and trying to get that perfected. I'm hoping that we'll, I'll be able to sell that soon at the at Nelly's Deli. Uh, I have to be careful because it does. Some of the products do contain butter in, so we're trying to find a, a butter alternative mm -hmm. in order to get that same kind of texture and taste without actually having to use the butter. Uh, there's another thing called it's. How can I explain it? In in English, it's like a cob, right? But it's called parv budgie and it's it's all like a different flavors of assorted masalas mm -hmm. in like a cob oh right but okay cob, so but the cob you'll make from fresh so you make it into like a you know you make a dough out of it mm -hmm. again you've got to be careful what ingredients you put in there and that's a very very nice popular dish and it's very very light it's very fluffy it's like a, it's like a crusty cob but without the crustiness Okay, all right, it sounds interesting. I shall have to pop down and try that yeah, one. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to try that. Uh, and then it's just different types of, obviously we do the chicken, the vegan chicken biryani. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing lamb shanks at the moment, so vegan lamb. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're doing the lamb shanks, which is uh, soya and mushroom. Yeah. Combined into that, and then you put make it into like a shank or you put it on a skewer. Mm -hmm. I've done that a couple of times. So there's all these different recipes that we are trying and trying to perfect to give our customers there. 
And, and this allows people who would normally eat meat to try something different. It also yes. gives a, a variety of flavours for those who uh, are, are vegan 24-7. You know, uh, and uh, the, the ideas that you come up with, I mean, I, I've tried your sweet and sour chicken in the past when we were doing uh, an event down at the, uh, the main market in the, uh, in the city before Nelly's Deli actually opened just on the, uh, in, in the stand on the, on the outer facing part of the market. And the, you know, that was absolutely fab. Uh, and, and most of the time, it's not discernible from uh, a sweet and sour chicken or something like that, which means that you know all the excuses people come up with, oh, I don't like the taste, I don't like the texture. Actually, that's all gone, and we can have something that's both healthy and also does that little bit more for the environment too. That's right. That's that's completely right, Jason. What we tried to do, and you know, as I've said to you loads of times before, we make it from our heart. We put our own all our, our motivation, put all our guts into it. We we want to perfect it because if you're going out to a restaurant, the first thing you want to do, you want to be impressed by the food. If I go to a restaurant, that's the first thing I'd, I'd like to be impressed by the food. Mm -hmm. So if you're putting your own personal touch on it and you're perfecting it and you're, you're putting so much hard work into obtaining and getting them flavours correct, then yeah, definitely. 100%. Well, I mean, keep up the good work. Looking forward to seeing Nelly's Deli back open soon. And uh, I mean, as soon as the market's back at open, I assume you'll be down there doing your stuff again? Definitely, definitely. So we're going to probably do another mini relaunch. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's just see when that's going to be at the moment. I've had no comeback to when that's going to be. But I think it's probably going to be about a month yet, yeah. to be honest. But definitely, definitely 100%, mate. Well, look we'll forward to seeing you down there. I will I'll get down and we'll try some of your new vegan creations. Not only, the, you say, the, the, the fake foods, which uh, bring uh, something for the meat eaters, that well, they won't be able to tell they're not eating meat, but equally all those other original dishes that you do there to keep those flavours flowing. Anil, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jace. Thank you very much. Right, that's your lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Back with episode 567 next week. Look forward to having you along then. For half an hour. Goodbye from the mill bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar. Yeah.